0: Welcome to Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're a family. Today's message is brought to you by Sheila Reading. For more information about this podcast or other resources, go to ctfbolder.com. Totally 80s in June. I'm calling this, Steve and and Bruno have been calling it the Campfire Series, but you don't get to figure out why we're calling it that until next week. So that's kind of a thing. But I've been talking about the Kingdom of God, and uh, this week we're going to be talking about peace, which is another leg on the stool. Um, So next week is 80s Dress-Up Week. Next week. June 21st, there will be a cash prize, and I promise it'll be more than a (laughs) dollar. So, bust out those 80s moves, right? Your hammer pants, your parachute pants, your Michael Jackson zipper jackets, your big hair, your pink frosted lipstick, your blue and purple eyeshadow, your mohawks, Right? What else? Am I missing some things here? What else was in the '80s? Call it out! Call it out! Don't. Leg warmers, Aquanet, spandex. spandex. Whoa! I like spandex. It's kind of the yoga pants are kind of like the the offspring of uh, spandex and uh, uh, something else, right? The love child of spandex is the, the yoga pants. Uh, Lots of metal. Yeah, I did, I did too, lots of, I used to wear three or four watches at a time and I was still late. (laughs) Oh, the irony. So next week, you guys need to bust out your 80s stuff. Bust a move. Where does that come from? Bust a move. Thank you, MC Hammer. Come on guys, you better brush up a little before next week. (laughs) It's so old you can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right, D- DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, yeah, all right, and next week we're also going to have a special guest who will be showing up straight from the 80s. Uh, he's going to be coming through like a time warp and uh, showing up for us, so, I'm, and I can't tell you who it is because he threatened me uh, On pain of death and this guy's pretty scary so you know show up you'll get to see who our special guest is all right so bust out I'm I'm not gonna dress up because I would get too into character and then I would be so distracting that you guys wouldn't be able to listen to God so I'm just gonna facilitate okay so it's time for our special and I am going to be a little bit of a bummer, bummer, um, because um, God told me, he's, he's been singing this song to me for a couple of weeks, he does this, he puts these songs in my head, and I walk around singing it over and over and over, and um, he told me this week's song was Fire and Rain from James Taylor, and I said, but God, that's from the 70s, you're getting a little mixed up, we're talking about the 80s, you know? so I don't know if he was feeling sad for some of you who were in the 70s, who are feeling left out, feeling like, you know, you've been overlooked a little. But um, he did give me this song, the James Taylor song. I'm hoping you guys have my MP3 up there, yeah? Okay, so um, this song, Fire and Rain, is a pretty cool song. I think it's pretty um, timely for right now. James Taylor wrote this in 1970, and he wrote it after a friend of his, a childhood friend, committed suicide. And he also wrote it while he was in rehab, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And what's crazy about that song, it's almost 50 years old, or maybe it is 50 now, and, uh, but it feels like the words could be really meant for today. So I took a few liberties with it and uh, wrote it, but unfortunately I'm not going to be as funny. I'll just give you that disclaimer until later. I'll get funny again, I promise. But this song, I really felt like God wanted to speak to people who... Um, I haven't wanted to address the coronavirus or the stuff that's going on with the race riots just because I don't feel adequate to address it. But God told me, no, you're going to speak a little bit to that because I have something I want to say, whether you feel adequate or not. And so I said, "Okay, yes, sir, I will speak. Um, So this song I wanted to dedicate to anybody who's been um, touched by the coronavirus. Um, I don't know that many of us have been. But Scripture is pretty clear that as a community, one way that we express Christ in our community is that we weep with those who weep, and we rejoice with those who rejoice. That means we get happy with people when they're happy, we get sad with people when they're sad, and when people are hurting, no matter our political views, no matter our conspiracy theories, no matter what we believe, we still love and reach out to the people in our community who are hurting right? That's how we be the body. We set aside our own issues, and we love those people who are hurting in our community, okay? So I'm going to dedicate this song uh, to anybody who's been struggling some, and it's really interesting to me because it's fire and rain, and several of the worship songs were about fire and rain, and I know this morning uh, John and Sharon said that one of the things that came out was it was a lot about fire, right? And so I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, so if I mess it up, we'll restart it again. I'm, I'm doing the karaoke thing. So go ahead and play that whenever you're ready. I'm ready. We're just building the suspense. Because it's going to be so good. Acapella, Acapella I may have to. Yeah. All right, I'll talk a little more. I'll let them get the song together. And in the meantime, before we get heavy, maybe we'll be a little funny again. Let's do some 80s trivia, all right? You guys ready for some 80s trivia? Yeah, okay? This is participatory, you don't get to just sit there, all right? Who was the only major male character in Strawberry Shortcake? Come on, come on. Oh, it's a good guess, but not right. Thank you. Huckleberry pie. Woo! <laughs> to the lady over there with the baby. Actually it was Huckleberry Finn, but it was close enough. Huckleberry Finn. Alright. How old were you in the 80s? Seven. Seven? <laughs> you were probably watching Strawberry Shortcake. All right, see, something for everyone. Okay, you guys ready? Here comes the next one. Okay, you totally ready? Okay, 80s trivia. Clockwise, Clockwise, name the order in which the colors appear on a Simon. I guess it would be like this. I haven't heard it yet. Red, blue, yellow, green. Raise your hand if you had a Simon. I had a Simon. I was pretty good at my Simon. Kids are like, what's a Simon? (laughs) So it was pre-video games back in the Stone Ages, and the colors would light up in sequences, and you had to push them in the same sequence, and it got harder every time, and you all took turns. And it played some like okay yeah are we ready number three what song does does tom cruise dance to in risky business who who was that who was that right it was all right yes you in the back in the stripes all right old time rock and roll bob seeger All right, I kind of faded him a little since he's standing there in his underwear and we're in church, yeah? All right, 80s trivia. Which first lady was responsible for the Just Say No campaign? Nancy Reagan, Reagan. yeah. The first lady herself, Nancy Reagan. You guys are pretty good at this. You guys are pretty, okay, you ready for some 80s pictures? Yeah? All right, 80s pictures. Mr. Joel Beyer in the 80s. Can you guys see that? You can turn the spotlight off for a minute if you want so that we can see the pictures a little better. Can you guys dim the lights a little so we can see the pictures a little better? They don't need to see me right now. Can you guys see that any better? See, we've got a karate kid. He was doing his karate kid. You guys remember karate kid? All right, here's another one from Joel Beyer, rocking the kiss uh, thing on his face for Halloween. And there he is, upside down. It's a little hard to see. I think I've seen uh, Ezekiel doing that move a few times. Genetics are strong with this one. Okay, ready? Moving on to Ingrid. Those are hard to see. There she is watching Strawberry Shortcake. (laughs) Got some more Ingrid Byer here. These are from New Zealand, when she was living in New Zealand. Okay. Okay, ready for this one? Mr. Dom Buckley. <laughs> was he a beautiful baby or what? Gorgeous. All right. And last but not least, Rich and Cheryl. Okay, I need some more 80s pics, guys, because I was running low this week. You guys are letting me down here. Sheila.reading at catchthefire.com. I need some big hair, okay? Little kids don't usually sport the big hair, so I need some of you who were teenagers with the big hair, right? I need some guys in their uh, parachute pants. Pictures, okay? Don't let me down, don't leave me hanging. Thanks, Steve. All right. All right, fire and rain. If I don't choke first. How many of you guys know this song? Are any of you familiar with it? So if I do it a cappella, you'll sing along on the chorus. OK, you ready? We're going to do it a cappella. Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Seems like the plans they made made into you. I woke up this morning, and I wrote down this song. I just can't remember who to sing it to. Here we go, ready? Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend. But I always thought that I'd see you again Won't you look down on me, Jesus You gotta help me make a stand You just gotta see me through another day My body's aching and my time is at hand I just can't make it any other day. Way, Thank you. Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend. But I always thought that I'd see you again. I've been walking my mind to an easier time. My back turned toward the sun. Lord knows when the cold wind blows, it'll turn your head around. Well, there's hours of time on the internet line to chat about things to come. Sweet dreams and flying machines in pieces on the ground Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again. Good job, guys. Whoa, that sounded really good. Isn't that amazing how relevant that song still is to what's going on right now? About people who were dying in the hospital, who didn't even get to say goodbye to their loved ones because of the virus and the restrictions. You know, the flying machines and pieces on the ground. I mean, the pictures of the airplanes parked you know, and no, none of the flying. I mean, it's just amazing to me that, that when someone uh, writes a song that's relevant, it, it stays consistent, you know. It's almost prophetic in a way. I thought it was a pretty cool song. But you guys never thought you would be singing uh, James Taylor on a Sunday morning in church. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were doing Janice Joplin at the women's meeting, so I guess it's apropos... All right, today I want to speak on the kingdom of God. This is just going to be a little review from last week for those of you who might have missed, or maybe you're old like me and you forget things, and maybe you're older than me and you really forget things. So uh, the scripture we're going to be using this week is Romans fourteen seventeen. kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of, say it with me, righteousness, peace, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy. And one of my pet peeves about being a Christian or about being in Christianity is we use the same words over and over, and they get very religious, right? Like righteous, you know. That's why, that's why I want to mix it up a little and make sure we understand what the words are and what they mean, okay? And so um, the kingdom of God is just means the domain of God where he has influence. Your kingdom is wherever you have influence. Right? It's good to be king. Every man is king of his own house, hopefully. If your wife says you can be. So, right? Your domain It's the area where you have influence. And so the kingdom of God, the area where he has influence, is not just about, it's not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So I think it's important to understand righteousness, peace, and joy, if that's what the kingdom of God is about. And if we're trying to live in that realm and hang out with God in that realm, then we got to understand what righteousness, peace, and joy are. So the kingdom of God is like a stool with three legs. And those legs, this is the lens we're going to be using. Obviously, there's more to it. on simplifying it. People who are teachers and who have degrees in theology are rolling over and dying and groaning. But I've got the mic today, so I'm sorry. Um, the three legs of the stool that hold up that are the righteousness, the peace and the joy. And last week we talked about righteousness, which is right standing with God, being good with God. God and I are good. We're okay. We don't have issues. How do you get to that place? You get to that place by stepping into what Jesus did for us on the cross. We get to step into that relationship that Jesus already has with God. He made all of the requirements that none of us could make, and now we step right into that, and we get the benefit of what he did for us. And we're good with God now. Okay? And I talked about how God can make something out of nothing. And we talked about how that gets rid of all of our excuses, right? We can't have any excuses because God can make something out of absolutely nothing. So whatever little pitiful thing we bring along with us, or whether we bring a whole ton, it doesn't matter, because God can make something out of nothing. So today we're going to talk about peace. And peace is this crazy word. You know, Maybe that's why you had me to the 70s, peace, right? (laughs) There we go, now I'm getting it, thank you. Okay, because the 70s was all about peace. That was the Jesus people, the hippie movement, right? They really were striving for peace. And right now I think it's a pretty relevant thing to be talking about, what are we struggling with at the moment? I mean, every time you turn on the TV or you watch a YouTube video or you look at the news or whatever, it's all about this chaos going on right now. I mean, there's not a lot of peace going on. Am I wrong? You know? It's crazy. There's no peace out there. Nobody's getting along. Everybody's going after each other on Facebook, you know? I've just stayed off it lately, you know, except to hug and like people. You know, who are having birthdays or showing pictures of their grandkids or, you know, other than that, I'm kind of avoiding it because it's just everybody's at everybody's throats. I mean, am I the only one who's experiencing that? You guys seeing that? Like people who have been best friends forever suddenly like at each other's throats. Well, that, you know, that, rah, 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 and they're going at each other and it's pretty crazy and I, I just, it makes me feel really icky and gross and I'm not enjoying it. And it's not that I don't want to know what's going on. I'm not going to stick my head in the sand. But I also, when, when that's all you, I mean, Scripture talks about keeping your mindset on things that are, what it's whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are right, whatsoever things are true, what's, you know, blameless, all these things. And so if I'm constantly letting that stuff into my head, then I'm going to have some trouble because that's what's going to be in there, Right. And so you just have to, you have to know when you, when to look and when to let it go. And that's part of being an adult, right, is knowing when to put the phone down, knowing when to turn the TV off, knowing when to just go spend some time with God and let him just wash, reading the word, letting it wash your mind so that you get back to the place where you're supposed to be. So peace from this perspective that I want to speak on Righteousness is right standing with God. I want to talk about peace in terms of being okay with yourself. Okay? Righteousness, me and God are good. Peace, I'm good with myself. I can look at myself in the mirror and I'm okay. sounds pretty simple, right? How many of you know it's not that simple? (laughs) Sometimes it's easier to be okay with God than it is for me to be okay with me. And sometimes it's easier for me to be okay with other people. And it's a sneak peek. Next week we're going to talk about joy from the perspective of joy being I'm good with people in my community, those around me. Righteousness, me and God are good. Peace, I'm good with myself. Joy, I'm good with those around me. Okay? So today's peace. I'm good with myself. And my, my phrase for today is just show up. Okay, so say it with me. Just show up. Say it again. Just show up. How many of us hide when we aren't at peace with ourselves? You know, men and women do it differently. You know, but but we all hide when we're not okay with ourselves. We don't want to be in the picture. We don't want to show up for the per meeting, or the family reunion, you know? I mean, I remember that feeling, the, my 10-year re- reunion rolled around and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I have still got all this baby weight and I'm not happy with myself. The last thing I want to do is go show up and hang out with everybody from high school and let them see, right? <laughs> Am I the only one? You guys are all okay, you just show up, right? But how many times Do we not skip out on stuff because we're not okay with ourselves? We don't show up. Sometimes it's actually in our own lives we don't show up. Did you know you can live your whole life and still not show up for it? You can be half asleep your whole life, right? How many of us don't show up for our kids? We're struggling with ourselves. We're not okay with us. I'm not happy with me, and the last thing, so I don't have anything left to give to my kids when they show up. And so then I don't treat them the way I should. I don't show them the heart of God for them because I'm not okay with me. I don't have anything. I don't show up for them. Right? All of this is a symptom of not being at peace. We can't show up for other people when we're not okay with ourselves. And another word for peace is rest. Rest. A lot of times scripture interchanges peace and rest. And so there's a scripture that talks about strive to enter into rest. And that's always been kind of confusing to me. What? Strive to enter into rest? But if you think about it in terms of peace, and peace is being okay with yourself, work hard at being okay with yourself, being in right standing with yourself. Doesn't that make a lot of sense? When you're okay with you, you can show up for the people in your life. How many of you have hang ups or hurts because somebody in your life that was super important to you didn't show up? Stuff from your childhood, right? Somebody didn't show up for you. They didn't show up. And then what happens? You grow up, your love tank's not full, and then you can't show up for your kids. And so then this perpetuates this generational cycle. So let's break that, guys. Let's do the hard work so that we can show up for the people in our lives. You got to show up. Just show up. You know? I mean, seriously, okay, this is how shallow I am, but when Steve asked me to speak, I've been trying to get a haircut forever. How many of you have had any trouble getting a haircut? Like, every time I call, it's like six weeks out for a haircut. I'm like, God, I can't speak. I haven't had a haircut in three months. And you know what he told me? Sheila, just show up. Nobody cares. (laughs) Show up. Like, fine. (laughs) Right? Just show up. Stop being so vain. Stop worrying about all these things. Put the bathing suit on and get in the dang swimming pool and play with your kids. Knock it off. Nobody cares. Just show up. They want you. They don't want Just show up. It's your kid that needs you, not the other parents. They have their own parents. They don't need you. Your kids need you. Show up. Because when you don't show up, what you're doing is causing a lack of peace. Because peace is a harmony and a well-being. Right? And when we show up, we allow other people to also step into that being okay with themselves. I mean, how freeing is it? I, I, I'm going to call out kudos to um, Ingrid. One thing I love about Ingrid, she is not afraid to show up. I mean, we are on a call. She is doing her thing. She's changing diapers. She is doing whatever she needs to do, but she shows up. She's there, and she's like, hey, here I am. This is me. Yeah, I got a little spit up on me, and yes, I'm changing a diaper, but I'm here. I showed up. And for me, that is freeing for other women because we're not trying to be something we're not. She's like, this is a stage of life I'm in. This is what I'm doing, but I'm still going to show up. And then other women look at that and go, oh, I don't have to look like a supermodel to show up to a woman's uh, prayer meeting. I can just jump on to Zoom and, you know, however I look is how I look, right? And for guys, I, I mean, I'm not a guy, so it's really hard for me to speak to that, right? but I don't know what it is that keeps guys from showing up, you know? I don't know, bank account balance? I don't don't know. know, You guys would have to teach me. But whatever it is that's keeping you, shame, anger, whatever that is, set it aside and show up, okay? So what is peace? The Greek word for peace, and and it was funny, um, my Bible program has this thing, you can push the button, and it it says it to you so you can say it. So I'm going to see if I can do it. (laughs) Ready? (laughs) Irene. <laughs> so, Irene. This is cool. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> the state of harmony that is available to believers through having a right relationship with God and others and is especially associated with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that a great definition? So peace is a fruit of the Spirit. Right? How many of you have ever walked up to an apple tree and heard the apple tree going apples 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 oh, oh, I'm gonna pop one out any minute now <laughs> My apple tree is pretty quiet I've never heard it trying to, you know, pop an apple how many of you, though, walk around going, patience, patience, i got to be more patient, i got to be more patient, I need a little peace, I need some joy, I'm not feeling the joy, I mean, I mean you guys look like an apple tree trying to uh, pop out an apple, stop it, you're looking ridiculous, knock it off, okay, peace is a fruit, fruit is grown, grown, it takes time, and a lot of what happens for something to grow is completely out of your control, but what's in your control, it's, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So guess who you have to hang out with to get the fruit? It's not Bob Seeger or James Taylor. It's the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit can speak to you through James Taylor. But... You gotta spend time with the Holy Spirit. So if there's no peace in your life, if you're struggling to find peace, you're probably not hanging out with the Holy Spirit very much. If there's no joy, if you're struggling with patience, you're like, well, I just gotta work harder. No, you don't have to work harder. <laughs> Stop trying to pop out them apples. You don't have to work harder. Hang out with the Holy Spirit. Hang out with the Holy Spirit. Strive to enter into rest. Work hard at being okay with yourself. The way you get peace is by hanging out with the Spirit. So guess who helps you be okay with yourself? See, I tied it all together. You guys were wondering where I was going with that, huh? I did it. I made a nice little bow on the top. You have to hang out with the Holy Spirit if you want peace. You can't be okay with yourself if you're not hanging out with the Holy Spirit. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Shalom. Harmonious relations and freedom from disputes. How many of you have a harmonious relationship with yourself and are free from disputes? Or how many of you are walking around arguing with yourself in your own head most of the time? (laughs) There you go, that's honest. (laughs) Prosperity, success, welfare, state of health, friendliness, deliverance, salvation. Piece is this great big mega word. There's a lot of components to it. But again, I'm speaking about it today through the lens. That's why I've got my great red glasses. are these great, my red glasses? They're fun. I thought eh, if I have to start wearing the glasses again, at least I'm going to do it. I'm going to be like, glasses, right? If you've got to do it, do it big. Plus, I had red glasses back in the 80s, so it's kind of coming full circle. That was extra. I won't charge you for that. So being at peace with yourself, you're made up of a body, a mind, and a spirit, or body, soul, spirit. It's kind of a Greek way of thinking. The Hebrews think more holistically. But for our purposes today, we're going to talk about body, mind, and spirit. So the interesting thing about peace is a lot of scriptures about peace have to do with healing, physical healing. It's pretty crazy. So one of the things that keeps you from being at peace is when you have sickness or illness in your body. Okay, so I'm going to read through this scripture. It's kind of a long one. Just hang with me. It's Mark 5, 24 through 34. It's this really cool story. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. Him is Jesus. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Gross. Poor lady. Can you imagine? I feel for her. And who had suffered much under many physicians. She'd gone to a lot of doctors, spent all that she had. She put out a bunch of money trying to get better, and instead of getting better, she got worse, okay? She had heard reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment because she said if I, and, and garment is a fancy word for clothes, she touched his clothes. If it were nowadays and Jesus had jeans on, she would have touched his Levi 501s, okay? Garment is not a, meant to be a religious word behind the crowd and touched his clothes. For she said, if I just touch his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? Or who touched my clothes? I wish I had a way to say, what else do people call it, rags or, anyway, I was trying to be cool, but it's not working. And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you're saying, who touched me? Like, are you nuts? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Look at this phrase, go in peace. Go and be okay with yourself. Go and be good with yourself. And be healed of your disease. So it's hard for us to remain in peace when we're sick. How many of you know that's true? How many of you have wrestled with any kind of sickness? I have. It's hard. It's hard to hang on to God and hang on to your faith when you're really sick and you're hurting. Pain steals. It's a stealer. It steals your energy. It steals your joy. You know, it makes it hard for you to just show up. Sometimes you just got to stay in bed and, and rest and take care of yourself, right? What I want to address is what happens when you're not healed? Okay, we live in this weird tension of the now and the not yet. Have you guys heard about the now and the not yet? We're seated at the right hand with Jesus, right? Once we're saved, we're seated there, right? And so that's, we're there, but we're still here. And there's scriptures that talk about the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Just because we become a Christian doesn't mean magically, suddenly, we don't have to go through everything that everybody else is going through in the world, Things still impact us. We're in the soup with everybody else, right? And yet our job is to pull the kingdom of God into our reality. That's part of our job. That's a big job. And sometimes it's really hard. Because what we see right now doesn't match what is happening in heaven where we're seated with Christ. And so that can mess with you, can mess with your peace so I want to talk to you a little bit about what to do when you're not healed. Okay, so first of all, when you're not healed, you still keep pressing in. You keep praying. You keep asking God for that healing. You keep praying. You strive to enter into rest. You work hard to be at peace. You work hard to be okay in your body. But there's this cool scripture in 2 Corinthians where uh, I think it's Paul, right? Corinthians, help me. My mind's going crazy. Paul was talking about how he had this thorn in the flesh. And there's a scripture, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, that says, "But God, he asked God to take this thing away from him. And God, he says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So if, I'm going to pop back and forth, the word weakness is astheniae. I didn't say it right, but I sounded cool. Weakness, sickness, and disease. So that word for weakness also, means sickness and disease. Oftentimes, it's translated illness, sickness. Sometimes it's translated weakness. Any of them are accurate. Okay, they're interchangeable. And so, God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You could also say in sickness or illness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, my illnesses, my sicknesses, What? This is kind of flying in the face of what I thought I was supposed to do when I'm sick, right? There's a tension, the now and the not yet. So don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying give up. I'm not saying God doesn't heal. I'm not saying that when Jesus died on the cross, it didn't do everything. It did. But we live in the tension of the now and the not yet. Okay? And this says... Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. So why would Paul say all of those things if we weren't going to go through them sometimes? It's in the book. It doesn't say we're on a grease slide to heaven. I mean, how many of you got saved and thought you were on a cruise ship and then went outside and looked around and realized you were on a man of war ship, and there were guns and ballistic missiles. And right, I mean, come to Jesus, your teeth will be straight. You'll get all the girls. You'll have good hair. You'll now, Jesus does bless us, and we do have the richness and the fullness of the kingdom of God. It's all ours. But we live in this tension between the now and the not yet. And if we can't learn to walk this tightrope of living in the now and the not yet, then we're never going to come to a place of peace. Because you can't not show up just because something's going on with your health. The problem that sometimes happens, there's this tension between faith and reality, right? Faith is God can heal anything. He can make something out of nothing. He can regrow a limb. He can give me my new heart, my new veins that don't have any blockages. He can grow my arm out, right? He can do anything. He makes something out of nothing. But when you're not healed and you're living in the tension of waiting for your healing, or waiting for the fullness of Christ to show up in your life, God says, my grace is sufficient. So how is it so much like God that when there's a gap, God says, Christ died, it's finished. And when he died, it wasn't just for salvation, it was for healing. It was for our whole being, right? But how like God, that because there's a gap, because we live in the now and the not yet, that he gives us grace. So what do you do when you're in that tension between waiting for your healing to manifest or waiting for God to make you whole in some area? That's what grace is for. And grace is favor, loving kindness, goodness, compassion, spontaneous kindness, and acts of generosity. It's something that's given. You can't earn it. So when you're in that tension between living in your reality and in God's reality and you haven't quite bridged that gap yet, that's what grace is for. And you've got to have that grace because without that grace, it's going to be really hard to be at peace. And grace is something that God just gives you because he is good, not because of anything we do, not because we're good. So if this hurts your faith, me saying that sometimes things aren't exactly the way they are in heaven, then you've got a pretty shaky faith. I mean, look at reality. We have people around us who are sick. And we strive to enter into rest. We work hard. We pray. We fast. We do what we need to do to help that person get their healing. And we believe, we believe, we believe. But at the same time, when we haven't quite bridged that gap yet, between the now and the not yet, we have God's grace to see us through. And so we don't have to hide. We can show up. We can be at peace, even when our physical bodies aren't at peace. And we don't have to pretend. We don't have to be in denial about what's going on with us or our loved ones. We can, we can tell the truth, but it doesn't diminish what Jesus did. It doesn't diminish the fact that God heals. He does. Okay? So I probably beat that horse enough. Let's move on. What about your mind? You need to be at peace in your mind. So we're not just talking about physical health. There's mental health. And I'm going to skip through a little of this because I feel like God kind of sidetracked me. Um, There's some scriptures here. You can look them up. There's a scripture, Romans 8, 5, 6, talks about uh, setting your mind on things above, and that'll help you be at peace in your heart. Um, He says, peace I leave with you, peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So the peace I leave with you, being all right with yourself, being good with yourself, I'm going to leave that with you. It's a gift I'm giving you. Jesus said, I'm going to make it so that you can be okay with you. And the, the kind of thing that I give you, this peace, being okay with yourself, it's not what the world gives you. How many of you have tried to find peace in the world? How many of you tried to be okay with yourself th- through what the world has to offer? Plastic surgery, drugs, alcohol, things that make you feel okay for a, for a time. It brings you a bit of peace. Let's be honest, it does, or otherwise we wouldn't do it. People aren't stupid. They don't do things that don't work, right? The problem is it's short lived. And there's a price tag that you don't find out about till later. Correct? And that price is way too high to pay sometimes. Okay? So Jesus gives us this peace. And it says, Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So, what are some of the enemies of peace? Fear. When your heart's afraid, when it's troubled, when you're anxious, steals your peace. So the answer to that is go hang out with the Holy Spirit. When you're feeling afraid, when you're feeling uh, all worked up, if you're not at peace, it's going to be hard for you to show up. Okay? And then your spirit. Uh, We also, it says, um, what what is this? This is 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God is the God of peace. Another way to say that through the lenses we're using today is God is the God of being okay with yourself. Um, I'm going to buzz through this really fast. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're getting close. Okay. Okay. I'm going to buzz through this really fast. Practical points. Let's, to be at peace, we have to do some practical things. Okay, how many of you know that God is pretty practical? And he, he got a little annoyed with the disciples when they worried too much about the practical things because he could multiply the loaves and the fishes, but he often met people's practical needs. He didn't just talk about heaven. He gave them food, Right? He, when, when, um, when Peter was worried about paying his taxes, Jesus told him, go catch a fish, and, and Peter was like, what? So he went and caught the fish, and he pulled out a coin, and it was enough for him to pay his taxes. Crazy story, huh? Can you imagine? God, my tax bill's come and do I don't know what to do, and God tells you, go fishing? (laughs) Kind of cool. So pursue health, mental, physical, and emotional health, okay? Get healing prayer if you need it. Do counseling, diet and exercise, regular checkups, emotional hygiene, forgiveness. How many of you know you can't be at peace if you don't forgive? Freedom from hangups, habits, and hurts. Got you back there. Put a plug in for you guys. Okay? So just show up, be at peace. So I felt like really fast, I felt like um, during the worship, God told me to address why we're having so much trouble being at peace right now as a society. I was like, God, I'm not sure I want to take this on. But he told me to do it, so I'm going to do it. So Isaiah 59, one of the things about peace, and I'm sorry I don't have this pulled up on the slides because this was a last-minute God thing. Um, Isaiah 59 is a whole passage about injustice and oppression. And one of the things about peace is that you can't have peace when there's injustice. It's in Scripture. There's got to be justice for there to be peace. Okay? And reading Isaiah 59, it goes into a lot of this stuff. And it talks about what's going on in society. And this isn't, he's not talking about Christians, he's talking about society here as a whole. And it says, um, your hands are defiled with blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies. So when we shed blood unjustly, when we lie, when we sin, and and we're covered in iniquity, there can't be any peace. Your tongues mutter wickedness. No one brings suit justly. How many know there's a lot of lawsuits going around that people should not be doing because they're not just? When you sue over a cup of hot coffee, that's ridiculous, right? You knew, the cup was, you knew that coffee was hot, okay? No one goes to the law honestly. They rely on empty pleas. They speak lies. They conceive mischief and beget iniquity or sin. They hatch adder's eggs and weave spider's webs. They, whoever eats their eggs dies, and the crushed egg hatches out of viper. Their webs cannot serve as clothing. They cannot cover themselves with what they make. Their works are works of iniquity. The deeds of violence are in their hands. How much violence is there going on right now? Their feet run to evil, and they rush to shed innocent blood. I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of innocent bloodshed lately. It breaks my heart. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Desolation and destruction are in their highways. The way of peace, they do not know. The way of being okay with themselves, they do not know. So when you're not okay with yourself, what is the fruit of that? This is pretty heavy, guys. When you're not okay with yourself, it leads to sin dishonesty, suing people, shedding innocent blood. I mean, the fruit of it is pretty nasty, right? And there is no justice in their paths. The roads they have made crooked, and no one who walks in them knows peace. Therefore, justice is far from us, and righteousness does not reach us. We wait for light, and lo, there is darkness. We wait for brightness, but we walk in gloom. I don't know about you guys, but it's been pretty gloomy lately. Am I the only one who feels like it's been gloomy? It's been pretty, pretty heavy lately. So what is the answer? The answer is a few chapters away in Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. The Lord has anointed you. Make it personal. What is the answer to all this ugliness? We are. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. He set me to bring good news to the oppressed. Anybody who's oppressed, regardless of their race, their sex, their gender, doesn't matter. If they're being oppressed, we're the ones who are supposed to go and tell them the good news. To bind up the brokenhearted. When people are hurting, you don't tell them what they should have done different. You don't don't get all holier than thou. You bind up their heart. Christians should be binding up the hearts of the brokenhearted, not telling them what they've done wrong. To proclaim liberty to the captives and to release the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I'm ready for a year of the Lord's favor. We've had several pretty ugly years. I'm ready for the year of the Lord's favor. And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes. When your life's been turned to ashes, when you have nothing, because God can make something out of nothing. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. All the answers are right here in this book, guys. So how do we deal with what's going on right now? We love the people who are hurting. We don't try to change their political views. We love them the way Jesus would love them. And we say, I'm sorry, what can I do? How do I help you walk through this? How do I love you in this season? Because I love you. Your life matters to me. You matter to me. Your life matters. Your children's lives matters. I don't want you to be afraid that your son is going to get pulled over by a policeman and killed. Why? Because you matter to me and your kids matter to me. So instead of, I'm not saying don't do it, don't hear what I'm not saying, instead of just posting a black Facebook wall, nothing wrong with that, standing with people, but instead of just posting a black wall on your Facebook, why don't you go to somebody who has a different skin tone than you and say to them, you matter to me. I love you. You matter. Your life matters to me. How do I stand with you in this season? What can I do to show you the love of Christ? And it's easy to spout off on Facebook. It's a lot harder to go to somebody's house and ask them what they need. To pray for them when they're hurting. To cry with them when they're hurting. Because politics gives us a safe place to hide behind. Ideology It gives us a safe place to hide. What we really need to do is just roll up our sleeves and get our hands dirty. Because if love isn't practical... If we're not actually doing something, then what good are we? So how do you bring peace to somebody? You, you show up. You, full of the Holy Spirit, show up. You listen to the Holy Spirit, and you cry with somebody when they're crying. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. In Scripture, the word for the Holy Spirit is comforter. The Holy Spirit cries with you when you cry and comforts you in your pain. So if we're going to be like the Holy Spirit, we have to show up to those in our body who are hurting and love on them and comfort them and cry with them. And you might be surprised. You might ask Holy Spirit, how do I love this person in my community who's hurting? He might tell you to do something that you don't even like. You know? So... This week, your assignment is go figure out how to be okay with yourself. Not under your own power, but by hanging out with the Holy Spirit. Let Holy Spirit speak to you and tell you, here are the people you need to forgive. How do you know if you need to forgive somebody? Do they owe you? Do you feel like that person owes you? Because if you feel like somebody owes you an apology, if you feel like somebody owes you anything, then you haven't forgiven them. Right? When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just die for the sins that we commit. He died for the sins that other people commit against us. And so what you do is you take that hurt to Jesus and you say, here's what this person owes me. They owe me this. They owe me an apology. They owe me blah, 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 blah. And you let Jesus pay the debt that that person owes you. That's how you forgive. Jesus pays the price for what that person did to you. And Boy, I'll tell you, if you haven't forgiven, that'll make you mad. Because you're like, I don't want an apology from Jesus. I want an apology from that rotten scoundrel. They owe me. I don't want it from Jesus. Tough. (laughs) That's not what Scripture says happens. There's no way to sugarcoat this and make it easy for you. Okay? Who have I not forgiven? Where am I not okay physically emotionally where do I need healing in my body where do I need healing I'm gonna ask God to heal me I'm gonna go up front on a Sunday morning even if it's something stupid or I think it's something stupid if it's distracting you and keeping you from being at peace then you better get prayer for it scripture says bring it up let the elders lay hands on you so if you need healing you come get prayer you don't Sit around, oh, well, I don't want to take up time. There's people who are sicker than me. My hangnail doesn't matter. Only people with cancer matter. Stop it. That's ridiculous. Come up and get prayer. You got a cold. Get prayer. Put your mask on and we'll sanitize afterwards. But we're going to pray for you. I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay? Where are you not okay emotionally? Guys, if you're not showing up, you're not okay. Wherever you're not showing up, wherever you're avoiding things, just show up. Let God move on you. Get with Holy Spirit. Deal with your issues. Because if you don't, the kingdom of God can't expand. There's no limits to God. Guess what limits God? We do. How do we limit God? By not being righteous, by not being in right standing with him, by not being at peace, by not being okay with ourselves, by not having joy, by not being okay with other people. It's pretty simple, but man, is it hard. All right, it's time for me to stop. I'm over. Thank you for listening to me. Put this to use this week. If you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer to forgive, if you need prayer because you're struggling mentally, If you have some kind of um, mental healing that you need, it's just as real as physical healing. Come up, get some prayer. We'll lay hands on you. We'll ask Holy Spirit to move so that you don't have to be popping out apples all week. All right? All right, I love you guys. Thank you for listening to me next next week. We're going to be a little more fun. This week is a bit heavy, which is okay because sometimes God's heavy. Right? Jesus, he's not heavy. He's my brother. Is that how it works? Okay. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. If you would like to find out more about who we are, you can find that at ctfbolder.com. If you haven't already, please make sure to follow us on all of our other social media platforms. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Spotify. We post different content on each platform and we want you guys to stay as updated as possible. We have so much love for you guys. God bless.